you can't sleep in this game, you know, it's um, every day you need to look for something new. We need to keep pushing and, and looking for that, that next game. It's all going very well and, and we have a few things up our sleeve and we all can't wait to get the ball rolling. Right now we're, we're looking forward to hitting first race strong and going for the championship. This is Inside E, the Porsche Formula E podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Inside E. Now it's a new year and lots to chat about. And who better to look ahead to Season 7 and how preparations are going than Emil Lindsay, Head of Operations, Formula E. Emil, great to catch up. How are you doing? Thanks Sam, it's good to be back. I'm doing well, thank you. Good to hear. Now there's no doubt that the global pandemic is still dominating everyday life. And in terms of Formula E specifically, um, the news about the postponement of the season seven opener came just before Christmas. So huge disappointment for the team, but I guess the sensible thing to do given the current situation. Yeah, it was it was a tough year um, last year with, with obviously the, the C word dominating the news and, and effectively our, our daily lives. You know, going into Christmas, it was not the news we were all hoping for, but um, given the circumstances, uh, you know, understandable. Yeah, most of the team were, were just starting the annual Christmas break with the, uh, with the thought of, of going to Chile for the, for the first, first race, season seven, you know, new car, motivated, and then um, boom, you know, it's, it's, it's postponed. So uh, yeah, it's not, the, it's, it's not the news you want, but it's, you know, considering the circumstances understandable and, and the right decision, um, you know, for the protection of all the employees. Because I know Chile is, of course, hugely popular with teams, drivers and indeed fans alike. So I guess there was that huge element of disappointment, not only because the season has been postponed, but of course, Chile as a season opener did not go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, real shame. Yeah, we're all looking forward to Chile. Um, great place. Great track, great people. I think also, you know, coming away from last year, um, yeah, we had a real point to prove. Uh, you know, I think we had, we had two fast cars here last year. Unfortunately, our, our race ended uh, within the first five minutes due to uh, incidents not to the fault of our, of our drivers. So, you know, a point to prove and, and we're all looking forward to getting back there and, and especially being the first race. So, um, yeah, a, a bit of a disappointment. Therefore, how would you say that you and the team have now adapted to the new circumstances? Because throughout this global pandemic, there has to be an element of flexibility and adaptability, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think being flexible is, is daily life now for us. Um, you know, solid planning uh, a few months in advance, it doesn't seem to happen anymore. Um, and, um, you know, swapping focus uh, from one day to the other is, is, is what we have to deal with. And um, okay, we, we, we heard the news. We, we still had a program that we wanted to finish because, you know, the next uh, race at that stage was not going to be in the week after. So we had a little bit of time up our sleeves. So we, we decided to push it through and, and, and finish the prep uh, for Chile and, and then swap to the um, next potential track. So, yeah, it gave us a little bit of time to, to maybe bring in you know, more software as, as software is, you know, never ending uh, development and um, yeah, a slight 
a slight twist or a slight chicane in, in, the, in the preparation for Chile. But, um, you know, like you say, being flexible is the key right now. And this is, uh, yeah, no problem for us as a team to, to shift focus and, and, and carry on. And I guess looking at the positives and being pragmatic about it all, it is more time to prepare ahead of the start of, of season seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all wanted to go racing in January. I mean, we all races and, and this is what we do. Um, and so any postponement or, or delaying a race, you know, of course it hurts. And, you know, we're prepared and, and we wanted to go racing. But, uh, yeah, all, all teams are in the same boat and um, with a bit more time to prepare for the first race, you know, I don't think it's an advantage. Everything, you know, the development continues. Um, you know, hardware doesn't come back. It's the freight's gone and won't come back to the last race. So in that respect, it's, uh, you know, it's an even playing field. So, yeah, I don't think we gain an advantage for more preparation for the first race. Well, let's cast our minds back to last year because I'm really intrigued to know how the preparations have gone so far. Would you give me kind of an overview, especially specifically looking back, for example, on the Valencia testing last year and leading up to the Christmas period? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, season seven prep uh, went rather well considering the constraints um, imposed on us last year. And um, we managed to complete our, our development test program um, prior to homologating our car. Uh, from, so from that side, you know, all ran on plan. Um, Valencia last year, yeah, it seemed night and day uh, compared to, you know, over a year ago. Um, the team, despite the lack of races last year, uh, you know, is, has gained hugely from, from the racing experience we, we have gained and um, operations went, ran well. And, um, you know, we had uh, two competitive cars um, over the three days there. So generally, from your perspective, are you generally pretty happy with how the last couple of months have gone for the team? Yeah, no, very happy. I mean, um, it's like refining in every every area. Yeah, we had a pretty good foundation season six, and we, we've worked hard on our on our um, shall we say the weaker areas to to try and um, make the complete package um, a championship winning package. And, um, no, I'm happy with, with, with how we're going. I mean, there's, you can't sleep in this game, you know, it's, um, every day you need to look for something new, but, um, right now we're, we're looking forward to, to hitting first race strong and, and, um, yeah, going for the championship. Because it's a steep learning curve, isn't it? It's such a highly competitive series. And, you know, when you reflect on a year ago, I mean, the preparations probably are evolving, aren't they, compared to when you started off in season six and in terms of the development of the car? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our learning curve is, is still steep. You know, it's um, obviously we'd like to do a lot more racing last year and <laughs> it wasn't possible. But nevertheless, no, it's a steep uh, learning curve. And I, I, don't, I don't expect the learning curve to... Um, to ever flatten out, you know, this is a, a vicious, a vicious game where you, you you can't sleep, and we need to keep pushing and, and looking for that that next gain. Um, but no, it's it's all going very well, and, and we have a few things up our sleeve, and just uh, we all can't wait to get the ball rolling. Without giving too much away, I'm intrigued to know: are there any specific areas that you've been working on leading up to this season that perhaps you can? share with our listeners well i mean uh <laughs> <a> big, <laughs> the big area of course i mean it's an all-new powertrain 
you know, there's, like I say, everything is, last year was a good foundation, so there's, there's no revolutionary changes, but there's a, there's a small change everywhere, and the, the small changes lead up to a big change. And, uh, you know, the whole operation as a whole also, it's, it's not just about the, um, the hardware, it's also about uh, the people operating and the, the tool chain, you know, can we, um, can we make the car easier to drive? Can, can the drivers use what we're giving them to drive? Um, you know, the simulator work, what's, what's the you know, most efficient way bringing it all together? What's the most productive way of using the people at home and the people at the track now going to a more virtual world, um, you know, with the remote room, uh, on track, off track. So it's, it's a complete package, you know, it's, it's no one area and not one small secret which you know is going to do it it's it's putting it all together and um, that's what we've tried hard to hard to do and uh, also working hard to be consistent game, you know so every, every weekend and, and not yeah. having a, a good race and the next day having 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 a bad race you know it's um, consistency scoring solid game. points every race and and uh, yeah, it's all that's what we've been well working hard to do things up our sleeve and now we, we must talk about the new the driver rolling. signing uh, I'm of course talking about right now, Pascal Verline. How would you say that Pascal has settled um, yeah, in the within the team over the last couple of months? Are you pleased? Yeah, no, it was, um, it's great to have Pascal with us. Pascal came, he sat in the car first time just after the um, the last race in Berlin last year. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a special moment when, a, when you get a, a new driver sitting in the car and, and, you know, he goes for his first run and you... He comes back in the box, and and then everybody's sort of waiting for his his feedback, and uh, you know, because obviously he's comparing your car with what he's just come from. So it's it's always uh, very interesting that, that the initial time with the driver, and um, no, it was a positive feedback. <laughs> Luckily, it's good us. to hear. <laughs> yeah, as a start. No, and it's um now it's basically the the building stage. You know, he he needs to um you know get up to speed as quick as possible with, with uh, the tools he has in the car and, and get comfortable with, with the environment around him, which, which he's managed to very well. Um, you know, that was testing and, and now we're going into racing. So we have to see how it all goes with racing with, the, with our two drivers. And, um, but no, it's, it's a great start and he's a, he's a great character and um, nice guy and we're looking forward to working with him and hopefully winning races with him. And of course, a great talent, a great asset to the team. And I guess his feedback is so pivotal, isn't it? As the new member of the team and the feedback that he's relaying back to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he's the young gun on the team and, um, you know, we, we want to go places with him. We, we have a great, uh, great environment. We've got, we've got the experienced uh, Andre and mega quick, a lot of experience, you know, done a lot of different things. And, and Pascal, also very experienced, but, you know, the whole different um, era, young, quick. Um, you know, so it's, it's, we have, you know, a great driver lineup to, uh, which covers a, a huge, a huge area of the field. So, um, no, we're really looking forward to um, utilising these two guys as much as possible and getting the maximum potential out of them to, um, you know, in the day, win races. Yeah, without question, a dynamic duo. And would you say that, you know, Andre and Pascal are, are really working well together? Are they establishing a really good kind of relationship? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, they, they shared the duties with the, uh, with the development roles. So, you know, every test, both drivers were present at the same time. And this, this really helped the, the bonding periods, if you like. And, um, yeah, two completely different characters. But, you know, it's not a negative way. This is, uh, can also be a positive, a positive you know, part of, of, of the team. I mean, it doesn't mean, 
you know, that uh, we go different ways with both of them. It's they, they can add, uh, you know, a different input coming from a different perspective. And, and this is this is all good. And uh, it's uh, they're bonding well and we're going forward. Brilliant stuff. Now, season seven will kick off in Saudi Arabia uh, end of next month. And of course, when we reflect on last year, the team has super positive memories of last year's second place of Andre during the, the first race. So that certainly does bode well, doesn't it, uh, for the team and in terms of this particular uh, round and venue, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, we're pleased to, to go back racing. And yes, of course, it brings back fond memories when we think back um, a year ago. Yeah, we set a benchmark last year and, and this is a target to not only hit, but um, to do one step better. So you think the team can do well then and obviously go out there and really make their intentions clear right from the offset of the season opener then? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we're going there to win, no question at all. And uh, I know the team has the potential to do this. It's just a matter of putting all together. You know, we saw in Valencia just how close 24 cars are. So, you know, expecting a super tight season this year, which, which makes it even uh, more special to come away with a win. I'd love to get your thoughts on the fact that it will also mark Formula E's first ever night races, which I think from any fan's perspective is so exciting. There's obviously been a lot of interest about that. But what, what's your opinion, Emil? What, do you, what are you thinking about this? What's your thought process? Are you welcoming it? Yeah, I mean, night race in the desert. I mean, a, a, great, a great spectacular to watch, especially for the, for the TV viewers and, you know, also timing the race to, to, to link up back with the European viewers. Um, so, no, mega. I mean, I, I've been involved in Formula 1 with the Singapore night race and it's the same sort of lighting there and it's um, very bright. Uh, so, you know, I don't think the drivers will be too, uh, have any problems about seeing. Um, you know, very high sophisticated lights, you know, LED technology, saving 50% of power with LEDs and the other 50% is renewable energy. So it's also, you know, it's um, exciting, something different which championship needs and, and a positive start for the for the year. So when you compare to, in essence, day races, I mean, what are, what are the key areas to consider? I mean, you just alluded to the light factor, but in terms of preparation for the team, just give me an overview. Are there any changes or differences in terms of that regard? Probably the biggest difference uh, for the team, you know, compared to, say, if we, if we look at last year when we were there, as a benchmark or a reference, um, you know, it's going to be a lower, a lower ambient and, and lower track temps. Um, track temps should be, you know, pretty consistent. You know, with with no sun or, or clouds affecting, affecting the track temperatures. You know, last year we saw a very, a very dirty track and um, a huge evolution during the event. You know, we have to see how that is. Uh, obviously, racing at night. You know, energy management won't be an issue. We're not going to be temperature limited in any way. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no huge fundamental changes, I think, f for the team. Uh, for the drivers, maybe, maybe they, they, they'll struggle to get the right visors, but I, I, don't, I don't think that'll be an issue. And um, preparation is pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much a normal, normal prep for us. Yeah, night race, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a spectacle, but I mean, preparation-wise, no huge change.
I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Really looking forward to that. Formula E plans to announce its calendar update for season seven very soon. Can you perhaps give us a bit of an insight into what to expect? Yeah, well, we're all hoping to uh, to go racing and all the <laughs> tracks which have been originally planned. Um, you know, obviously depends on the situation to drastically improve. Yeah, I think it's, you know, announcing a, a complete calendar is you know, not realistic today. Yeah, we're hoping for some uh, some dates which you, which you can rely on. I mean, do we race city centres the complete year? I think not realistic. There's going to be some compromise. You know, does that mean we're racing in permanent racetracks? Most likely, yes. You know, as a, as a, as a plan B to get racing again, um, okay, but it's... Uh, yeah, I, I think you know formally you want to want to hit the city centres. Of course, we all want to race in the city centres. It's a special uh, a special part about the championship. Um, yeah, but it's very hard to predict exactly where and when we're going to be racing for the the complete year. We have a rough idea now for the for the next few months, and um, yeah, we're all hoping we can we we can hit these the, these tracks and these races and and, and get the season going. Yeah, without question. I mean, maybe Valencia, because, you know, it's the official kind of testing that's already gone on there historically. Maybe that will be brought into the mix. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's rumours that we'll be going to Valencia. And, um, yeah, I mean, why not as, as a plan B? You know, obviously the same track in the format which we uh, tested there is, um, you know, this is uh, not what we want to be racing on. And, and it won't be like that. Um, they will change the track if we do race there uh, to make it more representative of a, of a Formula E track. You know, I mean, a, a normal Formula E track, you, you have roughly 20% savings of energy each lap in order for you to finish the race with your energy. So, uh, and, and the, how we're testing there, if you're going to do a race there, you, you'd need to save nearly up to 40% a lap. So it's not really representative how we were uh, testing there. So if we do go there, there will be big changes to the track. So, yeah, I mean, it is on the you know the horizon. Um, and like I say, if, if this is plan B to, to, you know, to continue racing, then yeah, why not? All being well, and you know already you've got an idea of the provisional calendar but what are the races that you are most looking forward to well i'm just really looking forward to to, to get out there and, and go racing again <laughs> i can't i can't wait to go back to chile to be honest um you know like i already said it was a great place and um you know can't wait to go back there and really hope we're we we do make it this year obviously it'll be if we do go it'll be later in the year so it's obviously not going to be as hot as uh, as uh, as in january no chile chile for me was was the uh, the place i was really looking forward to yeah well another significant thing of note for this year is that formula e now holds uh, the title of world championship status which is a real achievement and i guess it's testament to the popularity and and how the series has grown i mean it really has put formula e on the map yeah definitely um it brings a certain amount of prestige to the championship um and an honor for the championship and and an honor for us to be part of this so it just shows how far this championship has come in in just six seasons it's um still very young and to be a world championship um yeah great now audi and bmw will leave formula e uh by the end of season seven but what about 
Porsche's commitment. Why is Porsche staying in Formula E? Yeah, as we regret the, um, the withdrawal of BMW and Audi uh, from the Formula E World Championship. Um, however, this does not affect Porsche's commitment in this um, highly competitive environment. You know, entering Formula E marked the start of a new chapter in a fully electric motorsport for Porsche in the beginning of season six. And um, yeah, we see our presence and success in motorsport with electrically powered racing cars as a foundation for future mobility solutions. Now, when we talk about Porsche, such an iconic sporting brand, a, a rich wealth of, of motorsport history when you look back at the decades, but it's only Porsche's second season in, in Formula E. So I, I would love to get your thoughts about realistically what the hopes, aims and objectives are for, for this year. Yeah, coming into last year, I mean, it was, a, you know, we had a huge pressure to, to perform um, with the with the big uh, heritage of Porsche Motorsport. And yeah, we really wanted to uh, to impress in our first year and we, we set our goals, um, you know, being able to reach the podium in our, our first rookie season, we achieved these. And uh, now, yeah, second season, uh, obviously we want to tune it up, go a notch higher and yeah, we want to be crowned world champions. So huge expectations from the team but I guess huge expectations uh, from Andre and Pascal as well, because they're the ones who've got to perform out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, end of the day, it's the drivers. <laughs> they need to drive the cars over the line, over the finish line. And, and, and um, yeah, we can do all we can do back in the pits at home helping them, but they have to get the job done. And it's also huge um, pressure on them. And, uh, you know, that's what we're here to do. We we win in a team, as a team and we, we lose as a team and um, you know whether it's our drivers or a mechanic or an engineer it's 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 one it's one family it's it's one team and uh, it's on all of us to um, to do the best and uh, at the end of the day get the drivers to win races so finally just as one last thought happy with how things are going and preparations leading up to the start of the season and no doubt just can't wait to go racing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, biggest wish is to fulfill a, a full race season with the championship and uh, along the way, set down a new standard for Formula E. Well, Emil, always a pleasure to catch up and have a chat to get a real insight into how preparations are going. We wish you and the team all the very best. Let's hope that we can bag the silverware this year. So thank you for joining me on Inside E today. Thank you and um, we'll do our best. If you'd like more information, follow Porsche Formula E on Twitter and Instagram or visit the Porsche Newsroom. See you next time. Inside E, Porsche Formula E podcast. podcast.